Welcome to episode six. This week I have a very special guest. It's actually the first of a two-episode interview that I had with Mark Rosenfeld. He is Australia's most subscribed dating and relationship coach for women and has a passion for empowering women to take control of their love life, find their confidence, and with it, the man of their dreams. He is a published author, Make Him Yours, Beating the Odds of Modern Dating, and it is my pleasure to bring him to you and all of his wisdom This week, he's going to share what we as women need to know about modern dating, what we need to know about men, and he's going to introduce the idea of masculine feminine energy. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on Define the Narrative podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here, Anne. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to get right to it. So there are women all over the world that are trying to date, especially coming out of this pandemic. What are the top struggles women have in dating? Oh, I hear about them every day. The frustrations with modern dating, the apps, the ghosting, the disappearing, the inconsistency, the texting. There's a lot of those superficial frustrations these days. And look, I I hear, I don't hear it quite as often as I used to, but I hear that, you know, dating used to be simple. It used to be easy. The guy had to make the call and meet my mum on the phone or my dad on the phone or that, or even before that, you know, it was, he had to, he had to knock on the door. So dating has changed and the interconnected world has mean that the floor has kind of been taken out. It's almost like the barrier to entry has, has evaporated now and there's no real barrier to entry whatsoever. So in the past, there was structure that created sort of minimum standards that that people had to step up to. But that, as I say, that floor has now been taken away. So it's really up to you to set those standards. And it is hard to do. It can be frustrating. And to be honest with you, I, I work with a lot of clients where, you know, because modern dating can be hit and miss at times, you have a lot of those low level connections you've got to filter out quickly. Um, that can really hit some of their their trauma wounds or their abandonment stuff or their, you know, doubts about themselves. I mean, if I'm going into dating and I have sort of questions, deep inner questions that I'm maybe not even conscious of about my own worth, and then three or four women just disappear when I'm talking to them, well, that's obviously going to exacerbate those questions, isn't it? So it does bring up new challenge and frustrations. I think you know, as a coach, of course, I see the the opposite perspective and I see the transformations that it can lead to and the positive outcomes. It does force us to confront some of our triggers and some of our beliefs and self-worth doubts about ourselves and things. It forces us to learn how to set our own boundaries and standards because sort of nature or structure isn't going to do it for us anymore. And for me as well, it really forced me to learn some social skills, to be honest. It forced me to learn um, how to sort of set a standard playfully without being too hard but also without getting walked on it taught me I have to walk away from certain people it taught me a lot about myself so having worked through it myself and taking clients through it I I see a lot of the upsides but I also hear a lot of the stories and and this is why a lot of people come to me is it's just so frustrating with all the modern crap and the low barrier to entry and the, the apps with all these thousands of people even and even something as simple as misusing the apps it can make dating really depressing. Like, like you, it, the way most people use an app, if I went and did that now, I'd be depressed in an app's time. So there are some new things to learn from using the apps to boundaries to 
knowing your worth and finding what's coming up for you. But if you can do all that and, and if you want to choose to, there is some real growth that's possible. So dating is not dating that our parents had. Those social rules, they are, they, they are not working anymore and nobody has, has said these are the new rules. So even one who might have been successful under the, the old social norms of dating have to do a little bit of work and out what, what is important to them, which is definitely something that our listeners have done in other areas of their life. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, we all have issues. And so just recognizing that your issues might get triggered and look for the patterns and the responses so that maybe you can continue to work on yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right, Anne. And I work with some clients who, for example, have had so much trauma from online dating. It's almost like a bad relationship. Like, like I've been with that guy for five years. It was so traumatic. I can't go back. Sometimes it's like that with online dating. I've been doing this for five years. I've been so traumatized. I can't go back. And, you know, if it's really bad, some of those clients need to transition to pure live dating. But of course, that has its own set of challenges. Gee whiz, it's great for your social skills. It forces you to be uncomfortable. It forces you to meet more people. And obviously, honestly, it probably has a, a lot more fulfilling growth. But it's very hard for women with kids. It's very hard for people who are very busy. Um, you need, do need to set some time aside. It's certainly not as time efficient and... You've really got to be committed to it to meet 100% of your men in real life these days. If you can get some good groups, some good hobbies going, you can do it. But you've got to find some way to get men into your life, online or offline, however you choose to do it. Yeah, it does It does grow you and it does test you. So apps give you more exposure and less time, but in person is definitely probably a style that some people might like, but you need to step it up in order to get the quantity. Exactly. Mark, what would you like women to understand about men? Yeah, there's quite a few things. I, I saw you put this in the brief. I, I think a big, the biggest thing to start with is just understanding that we have a different biology to you. And some of the results of that, you know, men are in a constant state of sexual scarcity. Women are the choosers as it relates to sex. And that means men are biologically encoded to look for sexual opportunities, to be more aware of sex. Sex is fundamentally a scarce resource. So one way you can sort of think about this is that men have a biological tendency to kind of collect sexual options the way squirrels collect nuts, just kind of hoard them and want to reserve them, not really want to let them go, even though it might be right to do that. Uh, and this can be quite frustrating for many women. It's sort of a biological tendency in men. So we need your boundaries around this. And one of the things you see this lead to is that men love to sit in the middle of the connection spectrum. So what this means is that, you know, for, for you as a woman, you would rather a guy was all in or all out. That way he's either all in and you can get nice and clear and, you know, there could be pregnancies and things going with that. But even if there's not, it's nice and simple and clear. Or at least if he's like, I'm totally not interested, I don't want this, you know, that would be clear as well because you go, okay, well, I've now got the freedom to go find someone else. So women are comfortable at either end of the connection spectrum, but you're not so comfortable in the middle. It takes up your brain space. You don't really know if he's in or out. It's hard to date anyone else. Women tend to not be as natural multi-daters as our men. Women just don't like being in the middle. Well, biologically speaking, that makes sense. But it's also biologically sensible for men to be in the middle. Men are kind of like cats in this, in this way. If you open the screen door and let the sort of cat in or out, the cat just sits at the door trying to figure out what it wants. 
and you could stand there all freaking day if you let the cat sort of walk all over you with the cat not making a decision. On the one end of the spectrum, the commitment end, you know, the man has a lot of risk committing to you, believe it or not. He has the biggest biological risk, which is getting cuckolded, which is where you sleep with someone else and he's now raising someone else's baby. That's the biggest biological risk. That's risk. That's essentially biological death. So there's that fear. There's also the fear of raising a family, the fear of, am I man enough? Do I have enough resources? Am I set up enough? That one's particularly prevalent in young men. So there's a whole bunch of fears that come with commitment that, that men associate. But men at the other end of the spectrum are human too. And men are still emotional. We still need connection. We still get lonely. And we still have this constant thing to collect sexual options because biological death if we don't find some sexual options if we don't find some nuts so we get quite uncomfortable at the no zero commitment end either and this is why men are almost like gravity we just gravitate towards the middle because in the middle we can have our nuts we can have our sexual options and we don't have the pressures of either a pregnancy cuckolded responsibility at one end or fear of loneliness at the other end the good news for you women is that because you're ultimately the deciders of, of sex when it comes to who makes the final call, you get to set the boundaries and make that choice. And a lot of men will, even though it scares them, make a choice if you set precedent for that as to one end or the other. But I guess the take-home point is if you don't set boundaries with men, they will all men will just gravitate towards the middle of the commitment spectrum if you let them. And that's why your boundaries are important. That's why, you know, the, the squirrel may want lots of nuts, but if you threaten to take its favorite nut and it has to choose between its favorite nut or all the other nuts, you know, if it really likes that favorite nut, it will keep the favorite nut and lose its other nuts. And that's as a man matures, as a man matures and gets more open to the idea of commitment. That's essentially what's happening there. So I think that's a big thing to understand about men. I see a lot of women frustrated that they're going towards the middle of the commitment spectrum. Men will always do that. That's their natural tendency. You've got to set boundaries with it to balance it out. Uh, and I'd say probably the other thing that, that women really need to understand about men is that men are very emotional. Men, like women, make all their decisions from emotion, but you won't see it. They won't talk about it. And the emotions are very compartmentalized and down. I mean, why do men pull away from relationship and focus on career? That's an emotional decision. Yes, it presents very logically, but it's emotional because he wants to feel powerful and he wants to feel enough and he wants to feel good. Those are all feelings that he wants. And so the action is logically, I need to pull away from her. Now, even a man who's super driven by power and doesn't want any relationship at all, you might say, oh, he has no feelings. Well, actually, he has a ton of feelings, but his feelings are all around him wanting to feel powerful and him wanting to feel validated and feelings that don't really go with having a relationship with you. So men are very emotional. And even, you know, I had one woman come to me and she said, Mark, this one week, this guy was talking about being with me. And two weeks later, I said one thing that offended him and he blocked me on all devices and just disappeared and you know for her her narrative was oh I did something wrong I made a mistake I caused this whereas I look at that and just say that was someone who was carrying a lot of trauma very emotional and unfortunately you walked into one of those traumas as anyone could and it all exploded so that's clearly an emotional decision on his part I'm sure he's thinking it's logical because it's all very compartmentalized but you've got to kind of read between the lines with men. You women are quite obvious with your emotions. You can see them. You can speak them. Men are not. We make lots of emotional decisions. We won't say that. And you might not perceive them as that. 
So you've got to look between the lines to see the emotions driving it. It's usually fear or, or sadness or, or sort of feelings of worthiness or unworthiness. You know, there's always something behind it that's driving. So sort of see through us to get that feeling and make your decisions from there. Wow, there's so much in that. I want to make sure I captured a couple of things. I heard you say that it's men's nature to want to get down our pants. So don't be offended because that's what they do. But just know that you can go good try, right? Yep, it's our job to try. We, yeah, and biologically. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so, and that actually was a huge one for me. I mean, even as a young teenager, for me, I, I think I was scarred by that actual fact. And when I understood it, it was very helpful. Also, seems like men are actually more of the gray thinkers. They keep those options going. And women, we tend to be more black and white. I know for me, the idea of dating more than one person at a time was really difficult. But when I looked back at what I thought was a committed relationship where I was trying to identify something that really wasn't there, I realized, you know what, this person doesn't get to have 100% of my time because they haven't met that. And then I think you actually shared what my next question is, is what would you like women to understand about men? And I think it is presume positive attentions. Men have feelings too. They just deal with them and express them differently. And to counter your cat example, I'm going to give a dog example. I know that in training my dog, he needs to feel purposeful. And if I'm not acknowledging that he's meeting my needs purposefully, then he's all over the place. And so I think men, is it fair to say men biologically, evolutionarily feel this need to have purpose in certain areas. And and even though it seems like they don't care about the woman, they may very well be going to get something in order because they care about that woman. Yeah, a masculine man will always choose purpose over relationship because a man inherently knows that he needs, that the purpose gives him structure and that structure obviously, practically speaking, allows him to provide and allows him to find resources, but it also gives him emotional structure because naturally we're going to talk about masculine feminine energy a little bit later, but for a man to be solid for you, he needs something solid for himself. He can't just be sort of following the relationship around because that undermines his solidness within himself. So purpose is very important to a man and a man who's ready to commit, for example, a man might be entering, you know, the typical age is maybe mid thirties or something like that, where you see more men more open to the idea, very generalization there, but we'll use it as an example. You'll start to see more commitment or purpose in other areas of his life before relationship. So you might see real commitment in his career. You might see real purpose in his passion. You'll see a lot more of that that he can dedicate himself to. And once he has that dedication in one area, it tends to follow that he has more dedication in the relationships area. Because rather than freedom and just wanting as much freedom as possible, he now needs freedom from distraction so he can focus. And so focus in one area often equals focus in other areas. So really we need to, we need to educate ourselves as to the patterns of men. And before we make judgments about what they're not meeting in us, really seek to understand what's going on and, and, and what does that really mean? Yeah, we, we often project our own stuff, don't we? But in reality, you know, every man wants to feel good enough. Every man wants to feel like he has some sort of purpose and, and, you know, biologically, I think women underestimate how biologically driven men are to be useful. Um, And that's why, as you were saying, you know, appreciate it, respond positively, pat the dog when it's useful, when it's helpful, receive that. But also just, just fundamentally that men have this constant pull to be useful. 
And how can a 22 year old guy feel that he's set up and useful? You know, that's, that's really hard because he hasn't sort of established himself in the world. He hasn't really got his pecking order together. It's, it's a hard position for someone like that to be in. So it's like a biological drive that men want to just, just, just like have this push to make use of themselves. We, we can't have babies. So it's like, why are we here? You know, biologically, we have that pressure to do something for the tribe. And you, we are going to move on to the masculine feminine question, but I, I wanted to follow up on, on one more idea. And that is the idea that you have to date. If you know what you want and what your standards are, it's like shopping for that great pair of shoes. You cannot expect the first person or the first pair of shoes you put on to be the perfect one and really challenge yourself to ask that and not be afraid. And in that, get used to dating, yeah. get new used to walking yeah. away and having people walk away from you and know that that's okay. Yeah. It builds such personal resilience. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny that, that women are never as natural multi-daters as men. And yet when they do it, they get so much more out of it. There's, there's so many more benefits, you know, even for women. So as you say, it just builds resilience. It builds social confidence. Uh, you get a little bit of rejection too, which is always good for you. If you sort of take it and you learn, okay, I can handle that. There's a lot of good to come from it. And I think honestly, the biggest thing is the way it values your bandwidth, which is sort of your mental romantic space. It is so easy to waste years and years with your mental slash romantic space taken up by the wrong person. And because women as I say, typically bad or don't like multi-dating so much, they're much more vulnerable to losing their romantic space easily. Not to mention, if you want kids, there's generally more time pressure with that. So your time has sort of more value, relatively speaking. And multi-dating is just so, so good in sort of being the antidote for all those problems. I get that it doesn't come naturally. And a lot of women have been raised with sort of, I guess what I would say is slightly patriarchal conditioning that like, oh, you are quote unquote slutty or bad or dirty if you see more than one man and you should feel guilty. So there's a huge amount of guilt that can come for a lot of women, but learning to tolerate that guilt, to sit with it, to be on your own path. If you can do that, it's tough, but it is so good for you. It's just very, 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 very good for you. Very growing. It really is the idea that, that, that my value is enough and that a guy has to earn the right to get a certain percentage of my time and effort mm -hmm. was, was a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. um, and you brought up something else that, that I, and I'm glad you used the verbiage and, and I was interviewing someone else and this came up, is that women who create a family of their own are defining a narrative that is different from basically a patriarchal familial structure. Yeah. So we are already processing that to a certain extent, but really acknowledging that dating and relationships also comes from a very patriarchal structure as well. And you can, you can define how you want that to look as well. You absolutely can. I always, you know, some of my clients come to me, they say to me, look, I want kids. I'm feeling the pressure of my clock. And I say to them, okay, well, the first thing I need to know from you is, are you a, I want kids if I find the right person sort of woman, or are you the, I want kids under whatever means necessary sort of woman, whichever they want, you know, we'll coach them a bit differently and we'll make a slightly different plan, but getting clarity around that, you know, if you want kids, you've got to make those decisions. There are no guarantees. I will say this. There are never, there's no guarantee that you or I will even wake up tomorrow. And that's, that's, you know, so, oh, Mark's being morbid. It's so morbid. I mean, it's, it's a fact. There's just no guarantees. I had one client and she was 63. And when she was 30, she had to have a hysterectomy. You know, she always wanted kids, but 
hysterectomy, didn't happen. Well, she now has 13 godchildren that she's so, so close to. And you might, someone might look at that and say, oh, it's not the same. She is so grateful for those God kids and she loves them. She spends so much time with them. And she says, you know, I know I never would have had this. So she made her own narrative and honestly had so much growth from that. Her future wasn't guaranteed. It is different for everyone, but you can do the best you can in the present day and making those decisions about what narrative you want to define, I think is important to that. And yeah, I resonate with that because I do ask clients those sorts of questions. Great. That's really good to know. That's actually spot on because um, I'm sure you deal with women who are seeking out men just because they want to have a family and that's not the right reason to seek out a, a partner. The only reason. Yeah. Yeah. You, no man wants to be just a sperm donor. Well, unless, except the ones unless that they're getting paid in. anonymously, right? <laughs> Humor is definitely good for the soul, and I appreciate Mark being able to give us a good laugh. I hope you enjoyed it, too. Next week, we're going to continue the conversation about masculine and feminine, and Mark's going to help us wrap our brains around how we can manage dating as only parents and potential limited time and trying to figure out how we can find not just a man, but find the perfect man. Until then, I wish you to be happy, I wish you to be healthy, and I wish you to be at peace.